Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Camp, climb, or quit? What is your reason? Camp, climb, or quit? What is your reason for camping, for climbing, or for quitting? Because the person you believe more than anybody else is yourself. As a matter of fact, before God can get you into your destination, God has to change your mind about you, Gideon, Moses, so that you can become a believer that the impossible can be possible to you. When you rid yourself of every excuse, you will begin to progress in life. One of my favorite stories of encouragement, I asked them to get a picture of this lady, an amazing lady from America. You can rise above your past and circumstances of life. Some of you may have heard of Wilma Rudolph, that's her. She was a successful Olympic athlete in the 1960s, but most do not know her story. We never know the story of the ones that scaled the mountain. She was born the 16th of 18 children. Wow. In a poor black family in Middle Tennessee, weighing only four pounds and one ounce. At the age of four, she contracted polio and lost the use of her left leg battle with polio left her weakened and she immediately developed chronic pneumonia and scarlet fever. Even though she managed to survive those deadly diseases, she spent the bulk of her childhood as a cripple. It was only through years of therapy, which I'm now doing hopefully not for years, which her mother carried her to honor her one day off a week. And the determination that Wilma was able to regain the use of her left leg again. She went on to play high school basketball, setting a single season record for the most points scored, 803 and 25 games in 1960. Wilma Rudolph represented the United States in the Olympics, a little girl that people said would not walk normally again, now an athlete competing, which was held in Rome, Italy, and she won the gold medals in all three events in which she competed, in both the 100 meter dash, 200 meter dash. She finished at least three yards in front of her closest competitor. She tied the world record in the 100 meter and set an Olympic record in the 200. And in the 400 meter relay, she brought her team gold, catching up from behind. I don't know what you are facing. I don't know how far behind you may feel you are in life. But I want to tell you something, my dear brother and my dear sister. No matter how the odds are against you, no matter how people have been against you, no matter the giants you face today, you can rise above every adversity in life. You can rise above the storms of life. You can rise and become what the Bible says, more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. Whether it is an emotional battle you are facing, a relational battle, a financial battle, an economic battle, the giants we are facing in South Africa of corruption, of poverty, of gender-based violence, of load shedding, all with an agenda we know. We will not succumb to the giants because God has given us this land as a land of milk and honey. And I wanna tell you today, honey, the greater the darkness, the greater the light, the greater the adversity, the greater the opportunity, the greater the obstacle, the greater the opportunity. This is the time for the Church of Jesus Christ to come alive, to arise and to dig into their God potential and to step into who God says you can be and to be a world shaker and a history maker. When everybody feels like quitting, that's your time to be strong because in every recession, a whole new breed 
of leader was born and new billionaires were born and new companies were formed. So while things are shutting up, I prophesy to some of you, you are gonna be opening up. While things are scaling down, I prophesy you are gonna expand to the left and you are gonna expand to the right and you are gonna do what people said you are not able to do. You will beat the odds, you will be the head and not the tail. You will rise to the top. You will be the top dog because you were created by God for God, for God's glory. You were created in the image of God and there is nothing small about you, nothing insignificant about you, nothing by the way about you. The first race you ever swam, swam you won. Out of hundreds and hundreds of million cells, you won that race and you are yet today. Whether your mama and your papa planned you, I want you to know that your heavenly Father that planned you and you were born for greatness. You were predestined by God for this hour. You are the generation alive that must usher in the glory of God. So it's time, my brother, my sister, for you to wake up, to shake up, to stand up, to show up, to dress up, to get up, to climb up, to get busy with what God called you to do. Come on, say it tonight. Say, this is my time. Oh, come on, say it again, sisters. Say, this is my time. I feel a breach coming on me. So how high you climb or rise in life is entirely up to you. Our human potential is far greater than most of us can ever dream. Sadly, many people into the world tap into their potential while Christians look for a reason not to progress. Not all Christians, but many. Too often we limit ourselves to small dreams, to mediocrity, to little visions. We call it a life of humility. No. When God called Abraham, God said, walk confidently before me. God said, get out of this land into the land that I will show you. When Abram became disillusioned and discouraged because of the delay in his life, God said, come out of the tent and lift your eyes and see the stars. That's the future. That's the dream. That's the vision. Not the ceiling you are facing right now, but the vision that God gave you, the mountain that God called you to summit. Daniel 11.32, the Bible says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Oh, come on, I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I just don't want to be a rollover. I don't want to be just a fitter in. I don't just want to be average. I don't want to be beige. I don't want to live a boring life. I don't want to live a small life. I may start small, but I'm not going to stay small. None of my grandkids are staying small. The Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings, but hey, my brother, we do not stay where we start, we progress, we move on, we climb, we don't camp, we climb, we don't quit, we climb, we don't give up, we climb, because that's what God has called us to do. God's called us to go places, God's called us to conquer new territory in Jesus' name. Come on. I know some of you, your wife has told you, honey, you need to scale down, but I'm telling you tonight, God's telling you, scale up. Go to the doctor, have your blood pressure checked, change your diet, but you better get ready. Because God's not finished with you. I said God's not finished with you. Your best days are ahead of you. So tonight I want to talk to you again about camping, climbing or quitting, but breaking your level of comfort. I think the greatest enemy of progress is comfort. The minute you become comfortable, you become a settler. No, God calls us sojourners. He doesn't call us settlers. God calls us to go. God never calls us to stand still. Nowhere in the Bible does God come to anybody and say, sit and soak. Every person who had a God encounter, received a dream that seemed impossible, but a dream that would only be realized if they lived dependent upon God and the grace of God 
and they broke every barrier and removed every limitation placed upon them by their environment, their culture, people's opinion, the haters, the naysayers, which we all have in life. And the higher you climb, the more people stand at base camp and the more they criticize you because they actually wanna go where you are, but they don't have the guts, they don't have the determination and they don't have the discipline. So I wanna say to you, keep on climbing, my brother. Keep on expanding. Keep on being your best. Keep on writing new songs. Keep on expanding your business. Keep on dreaming. Keep on believing about a better future, no matter how negative people are. Keep on associating with those who are of like precious faith and begin to disassociate with those who are negative those who want to pull you down to their level because they are comfortable. I've learned long ago that if you outgrow the comfort of other people, you become their discomfort. So they're going to criticize you and they're going to talk about you and they're going to try and stop you and they're going to try and kill your dream and they're going to try and belittle you because you are making them uncomfortable. Because every time you show up, your presence is telling them, why are you sitting while you should be climbing? And a person came to me once and he said to me, if I was white, I'd have a successful church. Think about that. Really? I have many friends that, and I said this in uh, Johannesburg this morning, I said, what color is this? One lady sitting over there um, in, in Johannesburg said, um, peach pink. I said, exactly, don't ever call me white again. Stop your nonsense. Stop this scenario of the world that's divisive, divisive, that wants us to fight one another based on skin pigmentation. Stop fighting about identity and begin to discover who you are in Christ, that every human being is created equal in the image, in the likeness of God and every human being has God potential on the inside of them. People can take your education, people can try and take your dignity, but they cannot take who God created you to be. And when you find Jesus Christ, you find yourself again you are His workmanship. You're a recreated miracle in Christ Jesus. And I know I have too many friends all over South Africa that have built great ministries in the poorest of the poor areas in the last 40 years that are not peach pink. Better hear what I'm saying to you. If I was white like you, I'd have a successful ministry. The problem is not with your skin pigmentation. The problem is with your belief. Because this Bible, by the way, wasn't written for white people or, or peach pink people. And it wasn't written by peach pink people either. So get over it that the, that the Bible is a white man's indoctrination. No. It is the good news of salvation. It is the good news of liberty. It is the message from heaven that was announced by the angels of God at the birth of Jesus Christ. Peace on earth and goodwill toward all mankind, not to a, an exclusive race or nation or gender. Good news. That means not only can you get to heaven, but you can live a better life while you are sojourning to heaven. You can overcome the obstacles. You can walk through the valleys. You can conquer the disappointments because God is for you and God is with you and God will not abandon you. God's grace is sufficient for you. Oh, come on, somebody that have felt like quitting, somebody that have felt like throwing in the towel. You better give the Lord a praise tonight there in Bloemfontein in Johannesburg, they're in Kimberley. Oh, come on. I feel a spirit of praise in this place. Shake those shackles off tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, shake that disappointment, that excuse, whatever it is that is trying to hold you in a place of imprisonment, shake it off of you. 
by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' Name, we cannot stay in the same place where God finds us. I'll say it again. You cannot stay in the same place where God finds you because nobody in the Bible stayed the same way or in the same place after they had a God encounter. That's why I'm not moving back. That's why I'm not looking back. That's why I'm not stepping back. That's why I have made up my mind. I have decided to follow Jesus into the great unknown, into the distant horizons. I have decided to follow Jesus in this adventure called life in Jesus' Name. And though there may be valleys to surpass and mountains to conquer, and though there may be the unknowns and the unexpected, and though there may be curveballs, and though there may be things I don't understand, I'm not gonna quit on my faith. I'm not gonna quit on my God, because God's not dead, He's alive. The grave is empty, Jesus is alive. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of me. And in Him I live and move and have my being. No matter how big my giant, my God is bigger. My God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is able. My God is present. My God can do what no other God can do. Come on, say Amen tonight in the name of Jesus. So religion takes power out of Christianity and calls it humility. Religion wants you to stay in the same place and call it humility. God promises to be with you, but you have to walk through that valley. When you, when, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He gives you a vision and a dream. People who don't have dreams criticize other people's dreams. People who don't dream, who are not dreamers, hate those who are dreamers. Joseph's brothers, case in point. They were visionless, dreamless, powerless. So when Joseph stood up and said, God spoke to me, they were mad with him like people are today. When people say, God spoke to me, and people actually see God is with that person, they try and pull Him down because God's not talking to them. Oh, He's talking to them, but they're not listening. Or they don't believe what God says because for them, God is in a museum. Some historical encounter with a God is invisible. Nothing can be further from the truth. God's more real than any person in this place. We have this Bible to show us it's a book of encounter. It's a book that shapes history. It's a book that reveals the character and the nature of God and how God will walk with a man and a woman that are dedicated to walk with God. It is a book that shows us how God can take an ordinary person and turn that ordinary person into somebody extraordinary. It matters not your past, your background, whether you are the least of the least, the weakest of the weakest, whether you never played for the first team, whether you were born on the wrong side of the railway, whether you come out of a squatter camp, it matters not because when Jesus steps into your life, destiny steps into your life, a new future steps into your life, wholeness steps into your life, wisdom steps into your life, purpose steps into your life, and you cannot be the same person you used to be. Cannot be dead no more. Cannot just be that. Can I say before the men's conference, spineless person no more. When you find Jesus, you find your spine. Write it down because some of you have lost it. You blame everybody else. I know apartheid, apartheid was an abomination, but, um, and I'll say this on purpose to offend some of you that are still stuck there. But the National Party is not running this country right now. The National Party is not running Eskom. Did he just say that? Okay, amplified. The National Party regeert nie meer Suid-Afrika nie. Dit was 28 jaar terug, gelede. En jy al het 
nonsens aangejaag. Nee, Dr. Louis, gedraai jezelf. Alles is nog niet gelijk en rechtvaardig, nee, ik verstaan dit. But things that are being running to the ground, like our education system, like our medical system throughout this country, clinics, hospitals, excuse me, when I buy a house and I move into that house, that house can be in perfect condition. I will determine what that garden looks like a month from now. I can't blame the previous owner that there are weeds in my garden. Oh, clap better than that, even if you're mad, you know what I'm saying is the truth. I mean, the, the, the fly-off that played this Saturday, can't blame the fly-off that played the previous Saturday. Because the ball is now in your hands. Get it? You become the city manager, the condition of that city is in your hands. Don't blame anybody else. You the boss. Do your job. Sela, kijk as ek so praat raak mense vir my kwaad. Maar dis reg. Want ek het gelijk tendens as wat Jesus was. Mense het geknars en hulle het gejubel. Mense het kwaad geword of bly geword. Mense was nie neutraal onder Jesus' bediening nie. And you expect us just to sit and say hallelujah and pray for the government and our government refuses to serve the people of South Africa where 63 people are murdered every day in South Africa where we're the capital rape of the world, South Africa. Poverty is over 40%. Uh, it's giants, it's negative, but excuse me, we are going to conquer this, but that means we are going to hold our uh, politicians responsible for serving the people of South Africa in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen tonight. Say amen tonight. Come on, say amen. Because problems don't just go away. Those giants don't just go away. They have to be defeated. And a whole generation blamed Moses and they blamed God for taking them out of Egypt. And when the time came for them to possess the promised land, they would not because of a grasshopper mindset. See, my brother and my sister, giants don't go away. Giants in your mind, giants in your business, giants in a relationship, giants in a nation. They have to be conquered. Goliath didn't go away. Those giants, when Caleb came to Moses in Joshua chapter 14, or Joshua, to came to Joshua, and he said, 45 years later, he says, the Lord has kept me alive. He says, as my strength was then, so my strength is still for war. 85 years old, I'm a young man at heart. Amen, never got old because of a delay and death and disaster. Three million people died in 40 years. He saw it. All that didn't get into him. And, and when the time came, think about it, that he had to possess the land that God called him to possess. The giants had multiplied exponentially, like problems, challenges in our country, maybe problems, challenges in your life have multiplied. You have to face them and you have to conquer them. You have to grow until you grow bigger than your challenges. You have to grow until you become more confident than your enemy that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to face that challenge in life and you have to conquer that challenge. Say Amen in Jesus' Name. So camping, climbing or quitting, your choice. Life will be filled with challenges. But let's talk about these three kinds of people. What is a quitter and why do they quit? People who quit never quit alone. When Peter quit, after Jesus was crucified, He influenced others to quit as well, like the 10 spies. They quit or they influenced a whole nation to become campers. Do yourself a favour and get rid of negative voices in your business. Get rid of the undermining voices in your business. Get rid of those who are not for you. Get rid of those that always undermine what you are trying to build. 
Because those naysayers can keep you from your dream and your promise in Jesus' name. You cannot climb with people that don't want to climb. Quitters find up or end up compromising what they truly want for what is immediately available. Quitters see the mountain, put the pictures up please, with its jagged cliffs, threatening storms and endless paths as dangerous, deciding to pass on the climb entirely rather than to risk failure. Every endeavour, there is the risk of failure. One of the greatest fears that people have. But you talk to people that accomplish great things in life, they will say, I wish I risked more. Because every time I took a risk for God by the guidance of the Holy Ghost, it paid off. Quitters lead compromising lives, selling out convictions for convenience. Through denying, listen, the God-given urge to climb. That's how God created you. To climb, to move onward, Christian soldiers. They make major compromises in their life. They keep themselves busy doing mindless activities in order not to confront the mountain, the dream, the vision. They do everything they can to avoid the climb because they know inherently every one of us, you want the prize, you must be willing to pay the price. There's a price, there's no easy. Nothing is gonna drop in your lap. The fish never jumped into the boat. When Joshua crossed the Jordan River with a new generation, God said, you will possess this land little by little. The land didn't just fall into their laps. They had to climb, possess every day with an attitude of fortitude. Regrettably, they suffer the worst pain of it all. Listen, the pain of regret at the end of their lives, what could have been. I don't wanna end at the end of my life and think what could have been. I want to be all spent up. I want to know that I did what I could, that I've used my God-given talents and ability, that I never, never hit my talents and I'm not gonna blame everybody else. As Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we read it this morning. He says, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna get on with my life. I don't know about you. You wanna quit? I'm not quitting with you. You wanna backslide? I'm not backsliding with you. You wanna become lukewarm? I'm not gonna go lukewarm with you. You wanna go back to the clubs? I'm not going back to the clubs with you. You wanna become negative? I'm not gonna get negative with you. You wanna stop coming to church? I'm not gonna stop coming to church. I'm gonna finish strong for the glory of God in Jesus' Name. Campus. Oh, 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 quitters. Regret, listen, for a life spent in the service of self and not others. That's why we live lives with eternity in mind, right? We build our businesses with eternity in mind. Purpose, empower people, finance God's kingdom. We live a life beyond ourselves. It's not all about me. Five minutes left. Campus on the other side, on the other hand, they start climbing. Listen, the mountain, excited about the opportunity, Starting the ministry with great excitement, starting the or in the business with great excitement, start the company with great excitement, start university with great excitement. They're excited about opportunities on the mountain and so they begin to climb enthusiastically. I mean, the Bible says, He that endures to the end shall be saved. How many people have started enthusiastically that no longer are serving God? They quit on the most important journey and that is their spiritual journey. Have at some point listen through the combination of success already achieved and the pain, the pain, the pain associated with the climbing, they cease compromising their ideals and selling out their courage for the comfort of the camp. Oh, they wanted to get up there, but now they have shifted their location. They're not yet at their destination. They've vantage point has shifted and now they're okay. They're no longer climbing because they no longer want the discipline, the pain, the endurance. They know what it takes to go higher. They may achieve a nice mountain view, but their best days are behind them, surrendering their future for doing pretty good. All they do is they talk about the good old days, talk about what they did. Well, God wants you to go out in a blaze of glory. God wants you to keep on keeping on till the day you've run your race and you have finished your course and you are ready to stand before Jesus Christ. Although climbers 
know the price of the climb. They are unwilling to pay it any longer. And any businessman will tell you, or somebody that's been in the ministry for a long time, nothing just happens. There's a lot of uh, suffering, a lot of adversity, a lot of obstacles. And at any time you can say, I've had it. This is where I camp. They may continue to convince themselves that, listen, that only they are only going to rest for a season. In church, we call it a sabbatical. But few will ever break up camp again. Sadly, some of the most talented people are content in the camp, have achieved a good lifestyle, fooling themselves that this is more important than the pursuit of their eternal purpose. Climbers, that's all of you. Give yourself a hand clap, come on. <laughs> Climbers are those who refuse to compromise their calling, their convictions, deciding to press on as far as they can go, no matter how painful the climb. And listen, the higher you go, the less the oxygen, the more challenging the relationships, and the more difficult the journey becomes. That's why there are so few people at the top. We hate them while we should be celebrating them because it takes guts to scale Mount Everest. We're not talking about your anthill that you climbed last week and you think you're great. We're talking about somebody that built something great. So until you've not conquered Mount Everest, don't you dare say a word of, about Edmund Hillary. Because you don't know what it takes. They know they were called to climb the mountain and are willing to do the work in order to accomplish it. Climbers are a rare breed. Say, that's me. Since they understand that life isn't about, listen, obtaining the best spot in the camp or gathering the most items into the tent. Life is about purpose. It's about the climb. It's about an eternal purpose. While you live on this earth, you do business for the glory of God. That's why you will not settle and go buy a little place in the sunset somewhere and sit down and there's a thousand people that work for you that no longer have jobs. You stay committed and God's grace will keep you strong. Climbers have learned one of the keys to a happy life is fulfilling, listen, one's purpose, becoming who God intended you to be, not necessarily through reaching the top, but through the constant effort of the climb the constant effort to improve. I have to stop there for the television audience. Camping, climbing, quitting. What's your reason? If you want a reason to climb, you'll find it. It's the Bible. If you want to find a reason to camp, you'll find it. It's your wife. No, I mean it's... My liefie het nou hard genoeg gewerk. Ek doe ons maar nooit rustig vat in koekies baai. Nee, verloor so paar kilogram, trek jou maag in, stoot jou boors uit, nek in die kraag, hak in die grond, straighten your gate, and give it another go, in the name of Jesus Christ. Check your diet, cut the alcohol, three bottles of whiskey every day. Amen, Jesus loves you. God's got a great plan with your life, we love you. Follow us on our social media. You be a camper, I oh, know you be a climber. Oh God, we love you. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. A true climber, listen. I, I'm going to close. I won't be long because I want us to worship and um, allow God to minister to people because sometimes quitting is a spiritual force. It's a demonic force that grabs a hold of people emotionally like Elijah in the Valley of Discouragement and, 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 and wants to get them to quit. And with that are thoughts of suicide. You can't be sitting here tonight, 18 years old, and you think life is over. I don't care what you've done. You've gone through an abortion. It happened. It's time to get up from that. Time to put your shame aside and allow Jesus to lift you up and wash you and cleanse you and put you, you back on your feet. You see, an encounter with God doesn't take a year. It's a moment of honesty where you stand in His presence and you surrender to Him. 
and you allow Jesus Christ to become the center of your life again. Not everything else. You, you, I don't want to talk about social media, but you watch social media, you see what is at the center of people's lives. Jesus at the center of it all. Look at my new car. Jesus at the center of it all. I just hung a wonderful painting on my wall. Jesus at the center of it all. We're having a great vacation. Jesus, uh, you know, people really don't care about your vacation. As a matter of fact, they don't like you because of it. Because you are where they want to be. And you never told them how you got the money to be where you are. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just telling you, wake up. Your personal life has got nothing to do with anybody else. So stop putting pictures about your personal life to impress people that don't care to be impressed. Stop it. Stop it. In relationship with, three months later, single. <laughs> you don't need to impress people out there. If God blesses you, it's great. Keep it to yourself. Be smart. Keep your personal life private. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. You're going to have to go put yourself there in your gym leotard or whatever you, you wear. <laughs> and so I've lost two, two ounces. No, we can see you looking good, but you don't have to post it. You're not a signboard, advertising board. You're a child of God. Your life should talk about Jesus Christ. Come on. Your, your life should be an encouragement to other people. The messages you send out should give hope to the poor of the poor. Or well, otherwise, don't put that message out there. One day you can give a testimony and say, Hey, I was where you are. And there's a way out. I had nothing. Now I'm here. I'm still nothing. But for the grace of God, this is my journey. And God gets all the glory. He is no groot manier. He is no arrive alive. En niemand kan nou vir jou enig iets sê nie. Ek bedoel, kyk hier so. Kyk, ek is 35 jare pastoor. Ek is al so, wat is die rechte godelike woord om nou hier te sê? Jesus help us uh, careful for mense wat sukses bereik en dan het geen pastoor meer die recht om enig iets willen te sê nie maar toe die man niks gehad het nie toe die man op echtscheiding was toe die man siek was kon hy nie sy voete genoeg in die kerk sit nie skielik maak hy geld en hy dink hy is iets omdat hy geld het wat voet moet jou Jy is een stikkie stof, man. En as jy dooi een dag, dag word jy weer een stik stof. Die vrims vreet jou. Het is so belangrijk dat vlees van jou is. So stop advertising your flesh. Begin to advertise the glory of God and the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God. Come on. And begin to be a hand of kindness to those people who don't have in the name of Jesus Christ. Let other people sing your praises. Let other people blow your trumpet. We don't care about your 100 cars and your 50 this and your billion that. We don't care about it. We care about your salvation. We care about your life. We care about your future. We care about influencing other people to follow Jesus Christ. So keep your personal life private. I tell my kids all the time, don't put your pictures of your babies on social media all the time especially not in this perverse world we live in today. 
It's okay once and, and again, but you make yourself a target. Stop. Just be wise. Walk humbly before God and pursue God and live your life. Huh? When people ask Jesus, where do you live? He said, he didn't even answer that. He says, foxes of old, birds of nests, and he avoided. it. Didn't answer. Because your material possessions mean nothing in the context of eternity. Doesn't mean God doesn't want you blessed. But those material things will not get you to heaven. Those material possessions are a byproduct of God's blessing on your life. And then if God has given you a lot of material possessions, you have a lot of responsibility. To be generous. To do good. To give into God's kingdom. Too much is given, much is required. We don't climb over here. That's why Paul says, those who compete in this race, they compete to get a crown on this earth. Oh, there are crowns for you. And there are summits, mountains that you have to summit down here for God's glory. In politics, in business, the medical field, the legal field, in ministry, you have to be a Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego that are better than everybody else in this world so that you can rise to the top as a doctor, lawyer, engineer, architect. So people don't talk about your laziness. People talk about your productivity. People talk about how different you are. Laban, unsaved, who tries to cheat you out of your inheritance should say, hey, my company is blessed because of this person that works in this company. We are not laying this person off. We are promoting this person. You should be the Jacob in your generation. You should be the difference maker. You should be the standard setter in your company. You should be the one that the directors talk about as a young person. That guy has got the greatest attitude and we have a great plan for his life to educate him, train him, promote him, and you'll get to the top. And let me say this to you. We have over 300 people work at our church, Yablum uh, and Johannesburg. And we all, the number one thing I look for is attitude. Integriteit, harde werk, a werks ethiek. As jy leies, soek ek jou nie na by my nie. Ongedisciplineerd. Vol verskonings. Soek ek jou nie na by my nie. Nou is dit stil. But you see there until you this in, in the school system today. In the school system today, you everybody gets a prize. Everybody gets a diploma. A diploma for for doesn't even go there. And then you get to uh, into the workplace and there's 40% unemployment and you have to compete against other graduates and you have the same mentality that they have and you think people are going to pick you out of the other hundred that's employed for the job, but there's nothing different about you. You walk around with the same victim mentality, the same entitlement mentality, and you think they're going to pick you. When, when people employ people, they look for people to add value. When people employ people, they look for people to add value. When people employ people, they look for people to add value. Cost to company, value added. That's it. That's the real world. Not, we've employed a wonderful Christian. You get employed to do the job. And if everybody else is faltering, which is the norm today, and everybody else is a clock watcher and you're not one, it's not very difficult to stand out today. It's not difficult at all. Because everybody else is on the same negative tangent, sings the same sad, sorry country and Western song, and have no unction to be the standout person. Because it's easier to hide in the safety of average, and you actually don't realize that there's always somebody watching. Joseph wasn't the only slave in Potiphar's house, but he was the outstanding slave. Joseph wasn't the only prisoner in prison, but he was the outstanding prisoner. 
Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were not the only captives in Babylon that were taken from Israel, from Jerusalem, but they were the outstanding ones. They caught the eye of the king's eunuch, the master, and whatever they threw against these boys, you could not put them down. They were smarter, that's what the Bible says. They were sharper. They were 10 times better than anything in Nebuchadnezzar's realm. Now that says a lot, my brother and my sister. That means you have to master yourself. You have to master your emotions. You have to get in touch with yourself. You have to let go of certain people that are putting you down and certain people that are singing the same old sad, sorry song that you have become accustomed to and that has become your reason for where you are. I've met too many people in this new South Africa and some of you don't like me talking like this, but I have to provoke you because you have to think. We've got too many members in our church that climbed on buses with nothing who now have companies and corporations that decided that even though my pigmentation is brown, I will succeed and I will excel and I will rise to the top and I will get not one doctorate, but a second doctorate. I will get ahead in life. Nothing will stop me. If God meant it for me, I will do it. I will get ahead in life. And today, I don't care what the policies of this government is. You hail from God. You come from God. You get on with your life. You get up on the inside and let no one tell you that you are too young, too old, too black, too white, too male, too female. You put those things aside and you make up your mind that your future is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you have a great destiny. And if God is for you, who can be against you? A detour, a delay will not deny you the summit of the mountain. You are gonna climb that mountain, young person. You are gonna do great things for God right here in South Africa. And you are gonna enjoy the journey. You are gonna suck it up when you have to suck it up. You are gonna smile when you don't feel like smiling. You are gonna rejoice in the Lord in your lowest moments. You are gonna choose to make up your mind and to say, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And when life gives you its best shot, and you fall to the ground and your wife says, curse God and die. No, you look up and you worship up and you stand up and you get up and you believe in a God that is good, a God that is able, a God that can turn any situation around, a God that is a mountain mover, a God that is a way maker. You believe in the greatness of God. You don't lose your faith and you don't lose yourself in this journey called life. Come on, pastors of CRC. Come on, businessmen of CRC. Come on, professional people of CRC. Come on, students of CRC. Let us arise and shine, for our light has come. Let us no longer delay. Let us no longer wait. Let us no longer make excuses. Let us rise up in the Lord and in the power of His might and push back the forces of darkness and summit the mountains that people said we cannot because the Bible says the things that are impossible with men are possible with God, for with God all things are possible. The Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. We can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. So I'm not a giver upper, I'm not a liar downer, I'm not a roll over. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna dress up, put on my attitude, put on my blue shirt, suede shoes. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to move ahead in life and to become all God called me to be in Jesus' name. I'm not defined by other people. Even my mother, the womb I come from. I have some genetics, which is great. They live long, so I claim that. Um, but I have a genetic that's different. And until you don't identify with the greater truth, you will be in this, what is the right word? This confusion that is so prevalent in our world, which really boils down to one thing, identity. When does life begin? The courts, intelligent people debate. California wants to pass a law right now that a child after 28 days of birth, still the mother can decide whether that child has the right to life. Can you explain that to me? Murder, 
that that's a law that so-called intelligent professors and doctors and legal minds want to pass? Not intelligent at all. Your degree doesn't make you intelligent. Thank God for the pro-life decision made in America because it's going to affect the whole world. And I say that, and we speak to doctors all the time, that we are sympathetic to people that have certain medical conditions and situations. But you can't just have unprotected sex, fall pregnant and think it's okay to abort the baby. Then we have to ask the question, why did you have sex in the first place? Secondly, why did you have it unprotected? And thirdly, must the baby now pay the price for your foolishness? Because you have a right and the baby doesn't have a right. Answer the question. See, women debate the right of their choice. Thank God their parents never had that foolishness in them because then none of them would be alive to propagate this foolishness. We're not part of this world system and it's going to get worse. And this identity thing, which is a scenario of the world, it's going to get worse. And come December, when politicians have to fight for positions in the ruling party, it's just going to get worse. The conversation is there already. And then some of you jump on the bandwagon on social media. What's wrong with you? You know, like I taught uh, three um, tenants off my shoulder. I pray to God, okay, this is bad, that you tear all your tenants off your fingers so you can't type a thing. Until you discover who you are and what matters to God. Not to these rulers that turn us against one another based on skin pigmentation, that turn us against one another based on life. Life? So a baby in a womb, I listen to these debates and I think, how can intelligent people even debate? Because they're not intelligent. They're deceived. That a baby... The day before the baby is born is not viewed as life. That's it, gynecologists in our church. And the next day, suddenly it's life. But the day before it wasn't life. What was it the day before? What was it? Nothing. Because of an evil agenda. To murder. To murder. Listen very carefully. To murder the unborn to murder them without any medical reason without the mother's life being at risk just the mother deciding third trimester I don't want this baby want to tell me that's okay it's a sign of the time man it's a sign of the time this whole identity thing read your bible I'm not saying anything don't read into what I'm saying, which I'm not saying, this whole identity thing. Suddenly nobody knows who they are. 10 years ago, everybody knew exactly who they were. Now suddenly nobody knows who they are. It's like me standing up here, and I think maybe I shouldn't say, I'm not white, I'm black. Don't you tell me I'm not black. Who are you to tell me I'm not black? I'm black. I identify with blackness. I'm black. I'm black. From today, I'm black. Jack Black, Joe Black, Black is Jack, Jack is Black, Jack is Black. <laughs> huh? They interviewed people, I mean, yeah, I'm just being naughty now because I like to be like this, but they interview intelligent people supposedly in Americans. The Americans, are the, I love them, but they're not the most intelligent people. You watch this, um, or oh, let me say they are intelligent, but they have no worldview beyond themselves. So, um, they, what was that thing on television? Um, smarter than a fourth grader, th third grader, etc. So they asked them, name countries in the world. Then they, London. 
It's like, huh? Outside of God, we are lost. Outside of understanding who God is and who God created us to be, we are lost eternally. I don't care what J-Lo does. I don't care what the latest Hollywood actor does. They are not the saviour. They are not the trendsetter. They are not the revolutionary that brought a new kingdom culture, which we are part of. We are part of a different order, God's order. We are part of a different culture, God's kingdom culture. We identify with the King and His kingdom. And of the increase of His kingdom, there shall be no end. Every one of these rule, world rulers, these plotters and schemers that are trying to confuse our world, their plans will not prevail. Because God said the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ and He shall reign and rule forever. And I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So what am I saying in closing tonight? Who are you? And then where are you in all of this? People believe something after reading social media, suddenly they believe something else. Are you still reading your Bible? Has the Bible changed? So, so, so the Bible is no longer applicable. So the Bible is old-fashioned, suddenly. But for 2,000 years, it hasn't been. It's not the Bible. It's the wickedness of the heart of man. It's the rejection of God in the minds of humanity. The creator or the creator, the created. Creation, trying to act like the creator. Living as if there is no God. Not acknowledging the existence of God and in that losing themselves. You cannot do this God thing by the way. You cannot do this Jesus thing by the way. You cannot do this church thing by the way. It doesn't work. You either follow Jesus or you don't. You either surrender your life to Jesus or you don't. To Jesus and His teachings. To Jesus and His principles, His laws, His kingdom. And I... I have decided to follow Jesus. We sing it on Sunday and Friday night. Where art, where art thou? Adam? Vashe? Sunday, I have decided to follow Saturday. Jan? But Makeda? Um Kali? It is appointed for men once to die, then the judgment. This journey with Christ is real. Listen to me very carefully. I think some people have an encounter with a form of God because after the encounter with Jesus, still nothing changes. I don't get it. Um, they have an encounter with God and they remain sterile. I don't get it. Because God's not infertile. God's a life giver. He's the source of life. When you have koinonia, communion with God, you become fruitful. You change. God's not sterile. God changes you, infuses you. So there's a missing link between many people and God. That there's a form of God, but there's not a connection. Know about Him, want to follow Him but never connected with Him. Because when you connect with Him, you change on the inside and you live inside out. This is not a heavy revy. This journey called Christianity cannot be done through sheer willpower. It can only happen as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ fully. Everything where you come to your senses and you repent from a life of sin 
and you give yourself fully to God. And there's an exchange of ownership that takes place. Jesus becomes Lord. Not heavy-handed, strong arm. No, He says, if you, are you tired of your burn-down religion? Come away with me. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You're going to find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it in a rule book, in a law book. You're going to find it in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. And there is no second-hand revelation. There is no grandchild. There is no orphan. You have to find God for yourself by coming to the realization, I'm not okay. I need Jesus. I need a fresh start. I want every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, please. It's in a very, very critical moment. This, Forget your friend and listen to what God is saying to you tonight. They're in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, Vintuk, Haberone, Potsdam, Port Elizabeth, Bloemfontein, in Cape Town, Durban, Peter Marysburg, wherever you are tonight. There's no distance in the realm of the Spirit. God is breathing on you. God is calling you. And we're not just talking about a moment. We're talking about a surrender where you make up your mind to put your life in the hands of Jesus. Maybe at one time you served God, but you've grown cold. You've wandered away from Him. Maybe the things of this world has come back. Maybe you need a fresh start with God. I don't know. But respond to whatever God is saying. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, tonight you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start. I want to give my life to Jesus. Like the prodigal, I want to come home. Then let me pray for you. If that is your desire, quietly, wherever you are, people praying, if that's you, just quietly raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you tonight, please. Quickly, all over this place, just slip your hand up. Say, include me in that prayer. Many hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Paul says, I don't know about you, but I'm going to run this race. Your friend sits next to you. When I gave my life to Jesus, my two best friends sat in the church, never raised their hands, never gave their lives to Jesus. I did. And I thank God today that I made that decision. You're sitting here today, you've not yet raised your hands. You're sitting here today, you've not yet raised your hands. And elkeen van ons kerke vanavond, daar is een boelik bid in jou hart, God praat met jou. Kom aan man, hier is jou tree wat jy moet gee. Nader tot God restel tot jou nader. God praat met jou vanavond, sê ja, sluit my na die gebed in. Tel jou hand vanag op, dis jou indikasie vanavond. Tel hem op in Jesus naam, sê ja, sluit my na die gebed in. Vanag op in Jesus naam, tel hem op, tel hem op, tel hem op. Dankie, dankie. God bless you. Reach your hands out to all these people. What a great privilege to pray with you, listen. Listen, listen. Jesus is the glory and the lifter of your head. He removes your shame. You know, when I came to Jesus, I felt like a dog. I felt so unworthy. I have to tell you that because I was there with a hangover and uh, with a lot of issues. And in a moment, He takes it all away. And He breaks addiction and begins the process of healing and discovery and forgiveness. Not only receiving forgiveness, but forgiving those who sinned against you. And not taking on the sins of previous generations and harbor their bitterness and their resentment and their forgiveness. Because that will give, keep you enslaved for the rest of your life. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many joints you've smoked, how many lines you've snorted, how many things you've done. It really doesn't matter. You don't get a good sinner. We all were born in sin and we all deserve to need to be saved and all your works of righteousness are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So even if you went to church your whole life, you still have to get born again. It doesn't make you holy because you never snorted cocaine. It doesn't make you better. You were all born in sin. We all had to get saved. That's what you experienced tonight. Just close your eyes. Forget about everything. This is your conversation with God. I'm going to lead you in your first conversation. Say this with me tonight. Say, Jesus, I come to you because you called me. You touched me. Here I am, Lord. 
Please forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Be my Lord and Savior. Come take your place in my life again. I truly believe that you are the Messiah. You died for all my sin. And you rose from the grave. Tonight, I give you my life. And I thank you for a brand new start. A new beginning. A life of freedom for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.